Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 10% Happier early and ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. A little bit of housekeeping as we start this uh, this new podcast. Um, you may remember Sebony Selassie from episode 43, a really, uh, really interesting teacher who's also had some harrowing um, health experiences. She uh, has just posted some free guided meditations on the 10% Happier app, including one, uh, a five-minute one called Working with Anxiety and a one-minute meditation called For an Anxious Moment. This is a woman who knows a little bit about anxiety, and these meditations are great. And again, they're free on the 10% Happier app. All right, now down to business. This week, we have uh, Bellamy Young, who is uh, one of the stars of a show called Scandal, which happens to air on a network called ABC, which is where I also work. Um, Let this one unfurl. I was really, I didn't know much about Bellamy, and uh, I learn over the course of this interview, and she became, she started interesting and just got increasingly so as the thing uh, progressed, and there were a lot of little surprises along the way. So really just let this one unfurl and enjoy it. Uh, Here we go. Bellamy Young. From ABC... This is the 10% Happier Podcast. I'm Dan Harris. How, when, where, why did you start meditating? Um, I, uh, it, it has been many years. I, um, my mom has buried four husbands, and uh, uh, it was after the third, um, who was a very lovely, lovely man named Barry, that uh, I really went through a time of... Um, finding myself, finding my roots, finding my anchor in this life. So I didn't want to feel so upended and free, you know, untethered. And um, at the time, a friend was studying TM in uh, L.A. And although I'm, I'm not uh, a subscriber to a particular um, branch of meditation, I really saw transformation in her life and was so very interested in the experience of it and started to read a little bit. I've always been a science geek, started to read a little bit about, you know, how it changes your brain and sort of finding my way for myself with it. So it's, for me, I can't, I'm a very lucid dreamer and I um, never want to take the day into my dreams. Like I feel like that's a time to get higher knowledge, to receive other uh, information, messages, whatever, uh, guidance. And so I like to give the day away Right, you know, as I'm getting into bed, and it's a, a a simpler process for me, maybe than some. But it's I am I start on my breath. I breathe in on three words: yes, and out on yes, and in on love, and out on love, and in on thank you, and out on thank you, and uh, and then I literally, um, you know, we all suffer with the the thoughts that come and go, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. associating with the space between or a higher self or whatever. For me, it's uh, more molecular. I, I focus on just getting a little space, a little space at first between my atoms, and then a little more space between my atoms, and a little more, and eventually I just dissolve into everything, and I'm reminded that that's our actual natural state, and I stay there, thoughtless and suspended and complete for as long as I can. And so this is the, a a pre night. Pre-bedtime ritual? Yeah. Yeah. And then I find I can go to sleep clear. You know, I don't, I, I, I don't, this, this nattering mind, because I, gosh, do I have one. It doesn't go into whatever that, that state of consciousness is that allows us to rest, rebuild, renew, receive. 
And and so did you just make this up on your own? Because if you did, that's great. Uh, <laughs> or, or where did you get it from? Because your friend was studying transcendental meditation. She, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Said, you, you didn't want to go down that road. You just like made up your own thing. I mean, I just it, it for me, and it's such a personal path, and yes, there's absolutely. no wrong or right. Um, for me, a, that journey seemed so personal, and it seemed like you would intuit what you needed, and uh, and that's just where I wound up. You know, I started in a lot of different ways because you, you you must. You know, I started with the breath. I tried with a candle. I tried like so many different things, and um, it, it really came back to a visceral uh, experience of oneness for me. And that's it's been so um, it's been so helpful, so fulfilling, so grounding. Um, I really, uh, you know. If I, you know, if there's some reason, you know, like press days like this week or anything like that, that I think that I don't have time. There's never a time I don't have time because if I don't have time, I really lose the rest of my weekday life, whatever. Uh, it, it really is destabilizing. But it sounds like the way you've structured it is doing it right before you go to sleep. It, you don't have to find time for it during the day. You just have to make sure that you yeah. do it before you go to bed. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah, well, I don't know because I'm a, I'm a night person though. You know, like some people are morning people and yes. they do better to yes. meditate in the morning. Yeah. But I'm definitely a night person, and and it's it's right for me. Yeah, I've been studying recently, sort of some of the science around behavior change. Yeah, and you wisely intuited a very important thing, which is you got to know yourself. Mm. If you're not a morning person, don't do it in the morning. If you're not a night person, don't do it in the night. Find experiment. Find the time that works for you. Be willing to fail and start again. That's how we make abiding habits. Yeah, and our answers, you know, the, the, what we seek is always within us. So we have the answers. That we're asking the questions because the answers exist and want to get out of us, right? So just get calm and listen, and, and you'll know what you need. You, you mentioned this is a press week, and we should say that we are. I'm interviewing you on the morning after Scandal's big season yeah, finale. Yeah, season six finale, if I sound a little wrecked. We've had such a beautiful week. We, they announced this week also that next year is our final season. So it's been such a bittersweet week to share this. My cast is such a family. Um, with cast, crew, writers, all of us. I mean, there's so, so very much love. It's an unbelievably heart-based uh, endeavor. And... Uh, but this, you know, this is the last week we'll share in New York together, seeing plays, doing press, you know, being the Scandal family. And so it was all oh, just very, very rich yesterday. Yeah. I, w- I have a million Scandal questions. Come before, on, Dan, before, bring before, it. before I bring it, I just want to stay on meditation <laughs> for a second. Yeah. So when did you institute this nightly ritual like how how many years ago and what did it do for you? I, I it was probably like two thousand and three or four. That's a while ago. Okay, so, yeah. yeah. So Barry 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 passed yeah. back in two thousand three or four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this has been this is a good long run. Yeah. Well, but it's you know you know it's it's life changing and then it becomes like breathing. So you're yes. like, why would yes. I not breathe? Of that course. would be crazy. So um yeah it's it's so been so helpful. Yeah. And do you feel like you talked about your nattering mind? What mm. would you feel? Like you have some distance from some of the unhelpful things that the mind is offering up. Um, what what is the impact in your daily life? Ah, um, well, definitely um, my sleep improved. I was a very uh, I had much unrest in my sleep because I would just take all the the thoughts in there with me and wrestle them all night long. So um, that <clears throat> makes your life better immediately. But also, I you know, as you do, you learn not to identify with the thoughts. So even when they 
come at, during the day and those old tapes or self-doubt yeah. or um, obsessing about things that are out of your control, uh, you know fundamentally. You don't have the thought, but you know that you are not those thoughts. So you have the option to disengage. You have the objectivity to um, forgive yourself, right? That you, you don't, you aren't, like your mind is not driving this little horse and buggy. Like really, that's just something, those thoughts are something that are happening to you that you can just love and release, <laughs> you know? And you that's and right. if you don't, then you're, then you're choosing, right? Then you're choosing. And I make that choice as often as other people do. You know, I get something on my mind and I'm like, you know, you could let this go. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I have to see it through, you know? So I, I, I feel like... Um, we're always learning, right? Life is a journey, but um, once you once you know that you're making choices and that life isn't running you, that this is such a gift this time on the planet, and that you get to go through it in the way that seems right for your heart, your soul, your spirit, um, and even the you know moments that you might deem failure are lessons, and just to embrace it all and really be gentle with yourself. I found I've interviewed a bunch of actors on this uh, podcast, and uh, I've found that um, this practice is really useful. I don't want to say especially, but it's very useful for actors because you have so much insecurity baked into what you do. You don't know what you're next job is going to be. You just found out that you're going to the last season of mm. this massive hit show, and mm. what are you going to do after that? And and um, you're subject to the slings and arrows of television critics and random people on Twitter and uh, people who you might feel like you're competitive with in the acting spaces, all this stuff going on. Um, so I'm just wondering if, if, if I'm if I'm diagnosing correctly the, the water in which you swim and whether meditation <laughs> has helped with all of the aforementioned. Absolutely, yeah. We, uh, you know, as actors, we live a life of rejection. Like, rejection and unemployment are our constant companions. And then, you know, jobs are our blessings. So um, you really have to find something uh, deeper to root two or it's uh, a complete mayhem you know you really uh if you start identifying with the lack then you're lost because you know there's such abundance around us all the time and uh when you can remind yourself that we are one and that we're all connected and that no one has less or needs more you know it's um how do you feel like you're one though when somebody else is getting a job you want don't you feel pretty separate from that person in that moment you know, I'm blessed because I was not born competitive. So, except with myself, I'm really like, I ride myself hard. So that's why it's really um, fruitful for me to make friends with my mind, or at least, you know, it's it's working, understand how it works. Um, I really, for myself and like all the people that I know and I love, you you get the hand you're supposed to get, you know, like our uh, all of our lives and and um maybe it's just a little more obvious uh metaphor when you're an actor like you get handed the job you're supposed to get like to your soul needs to go through this journey and there're no mistakes so when you don't get a job it just wasn't your job and there'll be a different job or there won't be even i don't i've never thought uh, i've never thought that should have been mine cuz uh, cuz clearly it shouldn't have um and i've always wound up um so sort of um, breathless with the the like how perfect everything is for the jobs that I've had, be they tiny or just you know the, like the gift of this for seven years to be with these people to play this unbelievable part. I, I'm, this is a part of a lifetime, and I'm so lucky. Um, but it's always right on time, and they they you know like everything else. If your mind and heart and eyes are open, 
your spirit is open, then you you get to have that lesson and move on to the next thing. I think the what I've always thought about um, was one of the coolest things about being an actor is uh, you get to live like a thousand lifetimes yeah. in one lifetime. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And your body, when you're acting, you know, has no idea you're acting. You're going through something. You're going through it, and it. It just doesn't know the difference. I, I, that's, I do worry, like, for, for folks that um, like have to do a lot of horror movies or, you know, like, very, very, very dark material. I would not do well with that. Um, and I don't know how they keep their spirit, like, clear and clean and keep themselves safe because that – I know, like, uh, you know, like when I lost my son on the show or, like, even going through the divorce with Tony, like, whatever, it uh, – uh, my body doesn't know I'm lying. So mm. you really have to have a way to process and have a way to learn and move forward. I don't think I could do it because I would never be able to convince myself. Oh, really? No. I, I'm a terrible – the times when I've been I've had to act in any way, I had to play <laughs> myself on, on, on uh, Conviction, that sure. lived ABC show. Yeah, 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 totally. Just as doing an interview with the yeah. lead actress and – it was, I was terrible. I was ter- I cannot act. What were you terrible? Like, what I just, do you think? I, feel I got I got all in my head, self conscious, oh, and yeah. I don't like you know pretending. I don't mind just being myself because um, that's all I really know. But I don't. If you ask me to like even be a <laughs> slightly different version of me or recite <laughs> lines oh, and pretend yeah. like I know that I mean it, um, I can't do it. Can't I do it. love trying to. Like find another person's soul center, whatever. They'll be handed a bunch of lines and try and really find the human behind them is like my favorite crossword puzzle ever. Like I love it so much. Sure, whatever. You know, potato, potato, <laughs> Dan. Uh, do you, are you, do you live a super honest life? Do you ever lie? Are you a good liar? I'm not a good liar, no. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am, I'm a terrible person in many, many ways, but I'm actually, I'm not really into lying. Yeah. So I don't want to I'm hold myself. Person. I don't want to hold myself up to some like <laughs> avatar of morality. But sure. but um, even my wife, who's you know, both of us are very sort of open about my flaws, uh, not so much hers. Um, uh, that's not true. We're open about both of our flaws. But one of the things that even she will concede is that she can trust that if she asks me a question, I'll tell her the truth, even if she doesn't want to hear it. Dude, that's cool. Yeah. So I guess that also feeds into me being a terrible actor. Yeah. Yeah. Can you lie? You could yeah. probably lie really well. I mean, I lie for a living, yes. right? I just don't make a practice of it in my life because uh, there was a time when I did. There was a time in my 20s where just my self-esteem was so low that it wasn't even like lying to get ahead because like I say, I, you know, I want everybody, I'm very kumbaya. I just would lie because I thought my life was so shameful. So I'd lie and make up a better life and... Lying is exhausting because you have to remember yeah. everything. Yes. And while I've got killer short-term memory, <laughs> boy, that long-term memory does not support a life of duplicity. So, I mean, really, it's not it's not cool. I can't I can't hang with it anymore. What were you, what was wrong with your life? You were you were an aspiring actor and didn't it just yeah. Roles, I just, you know I mean what's wrong with any of our lives? Nothing. They're perfect. But I just didn't um, I just had no self-esteem, and so I just thought you know the life I was living was. Um, shameful and so I just thought I would tell people better stories than that yeah 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 I know it hurts my heart to even think about like I just want to hug my like hug my old my young self and anybody that's out there I want to hug them too because we're all just wherever we are we're perfect and the more honest you are with people the more connection you can make and lying only like keeps the separation you know it keeps such a gulf between you a chasm between you and connection and humans and remembering that you know remembering the oneness but yeah no I lived there forever 
Yeah, but what a victory that you can look back and say, that's not me anymore. Thank heavens. I got to ask about your mother. Four God husbands? bless her. Yes. My sweet mom, if you're listening, I love you. She's Is she on to number five? or She has a lovely boyfriend named Bill. Okay. Well, you know what? She's you 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 can't bring her down. I mean, no, she, it's the best. I mean, I, it's a talent I don't have. So, so it's not I four divorces. It. It's four. No, they passed. Yeah, Dan. No, they passed. My first dad died when I was fifteen, and she married um, the guy who'd been her boyfriend in seventh and eighth grade. His wife had died the year before, and both of cancer. And um, so your your dad died of cancer. He did. I'm very sorry. Fifteen. That's a really hard age to lose. A, it a was. Parent, yeah. yeah, it was a confusing time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you don't know at the time, but it was. Uh, and just to set the scene, this was in uh, North Carolina. Asheville, Asheville North Carolina. Yeah, that's town. exactly yeah. right, when I was in high school. Um, and then uh, Bob, I mean, uh, Bob was her second husband, and he passed away. And then she was alone for a little while and went on Match.com, minute, like 10 years later, and met like the best guy in the world named Barry. He was from Brockton. Massachusetts. And, uh, yeah. How was he? Did he retire to Asheville? Is that he had his wife had gotten sick, and he'd moved south to uh, Columbia. Columbia is that right? South Carolina, and um, he'd brought her there for her convalescence, and she had passed. And uh, they met. My mom is also not, uh, you know, NB. My mother's not uh, geographically confined, so you know she's living in Asheville, but uh, Barry's in South Carolina, and she's all good with it. Um, same thing now. Bill's in Tennessee. Sometimes it's all, you know. Wait. Maybe. So there's, there's a, there's. Uh, do you think she's going to get married the fifth for a fifth time? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's her journey. We'll see what happens. And then there was Bobby Lee, and he passed away of liver cancer last year, two years ago. Wow. I know. The resilience, the romantic resilience of your mom. Yeah, well, I've amen. never met, just, yeah, but yeah. still. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Do you have clear memories of your dad? Um, spotty, yeah, yeah. It was a disorienting um, time. That was a very disorienting time. He was very, very sick, and we kept him at home, and um, bless him, he'd been an alcoholic before that, so it had been, you know, it wasn't... Uh, so um, white picket fence before that. So it right. was, yeah, right. so my memories are, but you know, I can remember him teaching me um, like accuracy throw for field day and, you know, he'd always, we had this old um, Lincoln Continental with like the suicide doors and he'd drive me around as a little pageant child and he'd drive me around in like little parades and that and just different things. He wore a toupee and I'd love to put on his like toupee and use a cane and pretend to be like the entertainer or something. You so know? he wore a toupee and was open about it. Like you could get it off him. Oh yeah, he himself. didn't care. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so you were a pageant child. Yeah, So Dan. you've been... Were you? <laughs> I was whatever the opposite of a pageant. <laughs> problem child? Yeah. No, really? Were you oh, a problem child? I was a child? horrible kid. Tell us the worst thing My you ever My mother did. will tell you lots of bad tell stories. Tell us one now. Uh okay, just randomly yeah. uh, got my first time I got arrested um wow. was when I was fourteen. My friends and I were vandalizing a, a tea station in suburban Boston, a train like oh. a MBTA. <laughs> uh, Mass Metro Boston Transportation Authority. Anyway, we Copy were like that. throwing rocks at stuff and I actually think the cops just brought me home that night, but I was the first time I was in a cop car. Wow. Yeah, they didn't arrest us. Um but that was number one. Who, why, why, why with the stones? And we weren't 14. up to spray paint yet, right? Oh, we I did t- that too. I, I, had a, I had a robust graffiti career. 
<laughs> yeah, my tag was ace. Yeah, I was really Amazing. into that. Amazing. Yeah. I'm going to make you draw it for me later. Uh, yeah, I st- actually, my tag, I still do it when I'm doodling, and it's, yeah, I'm better at it now than I was when I was of a kid. Of course you are. And all of my friends say the same thing. <laughs> I love I really it. Because when I was in, I'm 45, so when I was in junior high, rap really broke. Yeah. And like I was obsessed with Run DMC and oh, yeah. um first concert I ever went to was the Beastie Boys and or actually the second concert first. Whoa, that's um, wow. Okay. So we were really into it. So yeah. we, you know, everybody was beatboxing and um uh, I'm break dancing. Do that later in I a couldn't too. break dance. Could you beatbox? Because we have a microphone. Mm, not really. I'll uh, do it with my son a little bit. Um, okay. And then, uh, but I do. I was into the graffiti. I was into it. Wow. So uh, I used to spray paint at the train stations too. But on this particular night, we were mostly destroying rather than creating. Wow. Yeah. Audible lets you enjoy all your audio entertainment in one app. You'll always find the best of what you love or something new to discover. They offer an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre, from bestsellers and new releases to celebrity memoirs, mysteries and thrillers, motivation, wellness, business, and more. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment with highly anticipated new releases and next listen recommendations for every type of thriller listener. The selection over on Audible when it comes to true crime, mystery, and thriller is um, quite extensive. They've got John Grisham, tons of stuff by Stephen King, David Baldacci, My favorite that I've checked out recently in the crime fiction genre is called Age of Vice. It's by Deepthi Kapoor. It came out uh, not long ago. Not only is it thrilling and uh, very, very plotty, but it's also written incredibly well. It's truly literature. Deepthi Kapoor is a a force of nature as a writer. Age of Vice, it takes you into the uh, underworld in New Delhi in India. I absolutely love that one. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 10% or text 10% to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 10% or text 10% to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash 10%. The Taste the Mediterranean sales event is going on now through March 19th at Whole Foods Market. It's a store-wide event packed with flavor. My family and I are regulars at Whole Foods Market. We've got one, I think, less than a mile and a half away from our house. This Taste the Mediterranean thing sounds pretty cool. Uh, They've got Mediterranean-inspired flavors. You can save on Parmigiano-Reggiano, charcuterie, and ground lamb. They've got delectable seafood choices. You can save on whole branzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon, which is a regular feature at our dinners in this house. My son loves that salmon from Whole Foods. And I'd be remiss if I didn't point out all of the uh, 365 by Whole Foods Market products. Stock up on wallet-happy Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat pita pockets, and more. I am constantly consuming these 365 products, including the the raw cashews, which I snack on all the time. We love the 365 sea salt and pepper. Uh, We love their sushi rice. You get the picture. Go check it out. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. So I was a bad, I was a bad boy. Wow. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but you were a pageant child. I was a pageant child. Well, I was a singer. Like my, I'm adopted, and um, we didn't, of course, have you know any information about my birth parents. But we we had uh, like a page and had a paragraph on my mom and like two lines on my dad and birth parents and and. Um, 
part of the paragraph said that she, you know, loved to sew and was a singer and all this sort of stuff. So my mom tried to give me opportunities that she thought were genetically within oh, cool. my yeah, yeah. I've you know come to meet them since I love them so much. Oh, you have. I have, oh, and wow. that's wonderful. And uh, but all that information is wrong. <laughs> And they, when they met me, they were like, so your parents are doctors. And I was like, no. And I was like, so you sing. And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like, whoa. Because <laughs> I, I spent six weeks in foster care. So I think we all just, I think the papers got shuffled. So I, I sit here. As an infant, you spent six yeah, weeks? And yeah. And so I sit here like a, a product of erroneous information, living a life that I love so deeply. I can't even imagine like I can't imagine what I'd be doing if it weren't this. I, I I'm so I'm so grateful for my life. But yeah, it was all a, a, a product of a bad tip. <laughs> biological parent, your biological parents. You've actually reconnected, connected I with them. Have I don't really talk about them too much because um, I keep them private yeah. uh, out of respect because not you know not yeah. everybody knows their story yeah. and yeah. Uh, they didn't you know. They didn't, they didn't tell everybody, yeah, and they yeah. didn't ask for this. But, um, but I will say they're the best people in the world. Oh and, wow! Yeah, wow. and meeting them was so, um, like, cellular, cellularly transformative. It was just very grounding and orienting, and life and space and heart, and they're terrific. You don't get this kind of like the the, the rich pageant of your life does not come through on your Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to see to that, Dan. You need to write a memoir. I mean, this is you, you've had, yeah. I mean, this uh, is these are some pretty colorful <laughs> biographical details. Well, I give them freely, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, so my mom tried to find something somewhere, you know, anywhere that I could sing. You know, so we did church choir and we did, uh, you know, little things at school. And I did summer stock up at Parkway Playhouse in North Carolina. And it's the South, so pageants, you know. And I did them for a minute, and then, I, as I said, I am the least competitive human alive. So I was not down with the like competition of it mm. and um but my you know my mom we had friends <laughs> we were ensconced and so i would go and i would um mc oh yeah so i'd be like scarlet is wearing an eyelet dress with a fuchsia cummerbund <laughs> and she would be singing climb every mountain <laughs> and so you went off on the acting route i did i went to yale i went uh from north carolina my dad had died and i knew i'd need you know a really solid reason to leave the state and leave my mom like that. Yeah, it was, Yale has a legendary acting program, right? They do graduate level. Yeah, okay. uh, it was when I was there, the undergraduate was um, a bit underdeveloped. I see. I went for physics, though. I went to Yale because I knew I could sing. They oh, hence have, all the references to uh, Adams. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm a failed physician, you know, physics major. I um, after I was pretty good in North Carolina, but not on the world stage, and so I wound up with a double major in English and theater. But you know, physics was my dream, dream, dream. But I knew I could sing. I was in a, a, a acapella singing group, so I knew I could get a great education and I could sing. And my mom would understand that I wanted to, you know, it was Yale. I wanted to go to Yale, and I, I got the chance this year. Dan, I got to do the coolest thing this year. I um. When I graduated college, because I was a huge scholarship kid, because my dad was dead and my mom was a high school teacher, and uh, I just assumed <laughs> there was like a big sea of money somewhere, and I was getting, you know, two quarters of it, and you know, and uh, but I graduated, and they said, so here's the name of the person who's been paying for your education. Maybe you want to write him a thank you note. Oh wow! 
And uh, his name was Dr. Richard Light. And I, the first thing I did out of school was a national tour of Meet Me in St. Louis. And we went through, it was not a fancy tour, and we went through um, um, Kalamazoo, where he lived. And I got to meet him and thank him. And and he was one of those Renaissance men that had been a, a, a surgeon and a pilot and a cartographer and like just everything. And he was incredible. He was 93 when I met him with his little 60-year-old wife. And um, they were... It, just the most inspiring people. Wait, 93 with a 60-year-old wife? You know so how it a works. player. A player. Yeah. I mean, I thought, how must that feel to put people through college, like to give people college? And I got to endow a scholarship this year. Oh, wow. Good yeah. for you. Paying yeah. it forward. Paying it forward. That's great. Uh, it's Good like the you. thing I'm proudest of yes. in my life. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Good, that's good. Congratulations. Thanks. So, scandal. Scandal. What do you want to know? What do you want to know? What do you well, want to know? <laughs> I um oh you're gonna kill me. Why? Because um I work for ABC and I've never watched the show. Life is short, you're allowed. My wife is a you big fan. You work a lot. All right. Well so your wife is, is yes. smarter than you are. That's yes. okay. We yes. can get that out. It's yeah. not a problem. Okay. So I hit my I hit up my Twitter folks this morning and <gasps> yeah. I asked for questions. I retweeted you. Did okay. anybody give yes, you stuff? A lot of people got me got back to me. I so. love we look we have the best fans in the world, Dan. That's what you have to understand is our gladiators are Ride or die. Yeah. yeah, and they're incredible and just big hearted and they are just in this ride with us. And they're the only reason we have these jobs. They they're who got us the second season. We were a bubble show, but Carrie oh, wow. figured out we should like bubble show meaning on the bubble on like the you bubble. might not make it. Yeah. But Carrie had figured out this you know, social media was the next like how the world was gonna work. Carrie Washington. Yeah. yeah. And so we were the first show to live tweet. And instead of, you know, TV had sort of become a thing you DVR and do yes. at 2 a.m. Yes. And we brought back like appointment television. Oh, and wow. our gladiators were so um, ferocious and wonderful and lion-hearted that that's what got us a second season. And then it just built from there. I really hope Ben Sherwood is not listening to this podcast. <gasps> I love you, Ben, but I'm sorry I didn't watch the show. <laughs> um, I'll spank him. <laughs> uh, so, okay. For, first question from Melissa Mermaid. At Melissa Mermaid. We'll definitely ask Bellamy Young who she uses for inspiration as Melly, with a little smiley face and a wink. <laughs> Melissa, I like your winky. Um, uh, I Gosh, you know, uh, the honest truth is it comes to me on the page. I literally just have to honor the script. They, uh, there was, I did a lot of research. You know, our, our history is has a white male perspective, a patriarchal perspective. And so you learn a lot about presidents in school, but you don't learn about the women behind them or beside them or sometimes ahead of them. Um, and so I did a lot of um, research when I got the job. And I know I look, I, I, you, you, if you could see me in the studio, it's like I'm thinking about you, Melissa, as I'm answering now. We'll look <laughs> back at you, Dan. Um, uh, okay. I did a lot of research when I got the job about learning about my first ladies and, you know, Melly's place in that lineage. And um, and our writers pulled a lot of stories like Julia Grant or Dolly Madison. Like there were a lot of like homage storylines. But um, but Melly is her own beast. And I really just have to honor what's brought to me. And sometimes it's brought to me at rehearsal. So sometimes my reaction is very immediate and honest. Um, but it, it really, she she's built herself, Melly. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Carrie Freeman. At Comics Daughter, has a meditation practice influenced your acting in any way? Do the benefits interfere or help with performing a highly dramatic scene? Oh, Carrie, they're so it's so helpful because once you know how to 
quiet your mind, much less your body. You like relaxation is essential for acting. If you are at all seized up, either in your mind or in your body, um, you, you just can't. It, it doesn't flow through you. So your only job, of course, your job is to prepare. You know, you know your lines and have thought about story arc and have ideas about character. But uh, your job is to go in there, relax, open your mind, live in the other person's eyes, and just react uh, to what's happening in the moment. And um, that's what a meditation practice can bring you, you know, that sort of utter calm um, and utter presence. You're not in the future and you're not in the past. You're just living this moment and, and enacting. You're living it with someone. With meditation, you're living it with all eternity, you know. You're just in the oneness. But... Um, it was. It's been transformative, at least for me and my acting. What is the physics argument for oneness? Is there one, or is that just an intuition you have? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. That's always just been my experience of things. I mean, you know, in an E equals MC squared way. I don't know where you know why you would end and I would begin. It's sort of just um, arbitrary, and uh, I, I, I very, very, very much believe. The energy is shared, this table, this microphone, you and I, the thoughts, anyone listening, time being a construct, you know, all of it is is simply oneness, not uh, discretion, not discrete little packets. Um, so that, I think that's what I'm always aiming for is to have that... Um, like sacred communion. That's always what I loved about physics. It felt like looking at the face of God, you know, asking the big questions. Physics is quite literally mind-blowing. Um, uh, this one, maybe not a long answer. If she were asked to, to be hired to sing at a fan's wedding, would she do it? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to hear? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you want uh, Guns N' Roses? Is that it? Because I'm your girl. <laughs> How does it feel to finally be president? <gasps> It feels really good. <laughs> I um, don't ever get invested in storylines because... Th that, that was, by the way, from Eileen. Eileen, lovely, yes. beautiful. Yes. Um, uh, you don't get invested in storylines? Yeah, because that's not my job, and I don't write. So, I, you know, it's not a gift I have. And Shonda has, is like a once-in-a-generation storyteller. And, uh, and our writers, our scandal staff writers are incredible. And... They bring things so surprising and relevant and galvanizing every week. And, and uh, I just, you know, I sit like a gladiator and I just wait to see what's going to happen. But that being said, <laughs> Melly, you know, all her life is that's been her dream. It's just been her dream. Uh, even in this finale episode, she was like, I don't know. People always say women dream about weddings. I dreamed about this. You know, it's always been her dream. And at some point during the campaign, it just seeped deep into my marrow and all I wanted was for Melly to be president and I, I think um, I think last summer we did this was a bifurcated season we did five episodes in the summer um, Carrie had to have a baby and uh, so we took some time off and then we came back in January and um, the world changed while we mm -hmm. were away and this season what they had in, intended for the season got completely thrown in the garbage and and Everything went a different way. Well, you know, Shonda's gone on record as saying they thought this season was going to arc out with one of the bad guys all of a sudden speaking Russian and, ooh, the Russians hacked the election. But the Russians hacked the election. <laughs> so, you know, like they had to like trash it all. And I don't, I don't, I'm, I just don't think Melly was going to win. Um, and so I think that's different. Shonda's not gone on record with that. Uh, so that's speculative. But, um, I can tell you, we uh, there was a scene in the finale, 
with Melly just quietly sitting in her oval. And it meant the world to me. Like, I know it meant the world to Melly, but it also meant the world to me. <laughs> and it was, uh, I never, I seldom allow myself to get that. Um, I, I just seldom have a dog in the hunt. You know, I, I honor what the story is and I want to tell a story in the best way possible. But gosh, that moment felt good. Hmm. Uh what would she want? This is from Vicki Dummer. What would she want to focus on as president during her first 100 days? Oh, Vicki, good question. And I don't, I, I don't know. And I don't even know that we're going to come back and move forward in time. Like, I don't take anything for granted on this job. So I wouldn't even know what to say. She's been very, uh, you know, historically, Melly's agenda has been very um, children and family and education. And uh, I think she would keep to that but um i don't know i would never i would never no but what if you were president oh me yeah oh my goodness well arts and education would be big for me animal rights would be big for me uh maybe you don't like i probably would be a terrible president (laughs) because all my issues would be like i just want everyone to feel loved and included um uh, I do. I have three cats and a dog. Nice. We have yeah. three cats. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no dog. Oh, well, that's all right. There's room yeah, for that. Oh, well, that's yeah. okay. That Poops counts. more than a dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, he's a prodigious pooper. <laughs> well done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's his name? His name is Alexander. He's now going oh. through a phase where he won't let us wipe him, so <gasps> I have to give him a bath every time he uh Oh, Dan, that's hard. What, what do you think his thinking is there? <laughs> I think that he's his own man. Copy. But I don't want to. I don't want to scare that out of him. Was that a phase you went through? I have not that particular phase. He's also gone through going through a phase that apparently I did not go through when I was a kid, where he's incredibly flirtatious with women. Really? Yes. Just wow. if a female walks into the room, he will drop me like a hot potato. He just loves women. Wow. And then if another woman walks in after the one he's flirting with right now, he will drop that one. Wow. Yeah. yeah. They come that, out their own little people, yeah, he's, man. Uh, he's he's a, like uh, like the ninety three year old who uh, funded your uh, education. <laughs> Alexander's a player. Casanova. Yeah, yes. Yes. Wow. So okay. So your first one hundred days would be uh, animal rights, which I strongly like, support. Like animal rights, uh, arts and education, LGBTQ, like everything that's been, you know people right now in this administration are being not even slowly but dis- definitively disenfranchised and. If I, you know, if the next hundred days were mine, it would be to build all that back. We were going in such a beautiful direction. I just never thought in my lifetime, uh, and obviously I am of a democratic bent. Um, uh, I, I naively assumed progress was, you know, ever marching forward, and I, I didn't think I'd see us go backwards in my lifetime. And it hurts me every day. Like it makes my chest tight to even think about it. Um, so that I would, that would be, it would be, you know, it would be all about the people. Here's here's the final one from Bellamy Young Webb Aww. at B Young Webb. Um, even though we have yet to experience it in America, how proud was she, you, to portray a character becoming the first female president? Ah, uh, Anna, thanks for asking. Um, I, you know, you, it was really important to Shonda and all the people that I work with. I think they they really. Um, America is behind the rest of the world in this regard. We just are, have not had uh, uh, our fair share of women leadership and to work in a matriarchy as I do now I know um, how different it can be and how uh, wonderful and it's also a fact that Melly was also uh, incredibly qualified candidate you know so it happens to be that she's a woman but if you uh, take people on their merit she's also very much earned it um, 
I loved in the season finale that they, um, she really went through a period where it just had to burn away all her frivolity. You know, her, there's been a long, Dan doesn't watch, so I'll tell him. There's been a, a long thing about Melly being ornamental, not functional, even though she has, you know, been like behind the scenes running a lot of that and has a mind that's expertly capable. And so, but she, you know, when you get told something all your life, you tend to take it on. And so this last, in the season finale really burned that away and, it was a life and death situation whether or not she should have the inauguration because someone was trying to assassinate her. And I think she had to surrender that this dream that she'd had was no longer just hers. Uh, and that it, as holding public office should be, that it was a service and that America needed to see this. And if she had to give her life so that America could witness someone, a female someone being inaugurated, that that was a good enough reason to have been alive. And uh, I hope she carries that courage and humility and nobility into her time, her tenure as president. What a fun guest you've been. Uh, Dan, it's really been great to be here with you. Thanks for telling me some tea on you, too. <laughs> I, I learned tea, by the way, recently when I RuPaul was a previous oh, guest on delicious. this podcast. That guy uh, is amazing. Amazing. Um, he's a, a, an, an avid meditator, really interesting guy. So I that's when I learned that. the term tea from him. And everybody, I'm going to make Dan sign his tag, and I will tweet it. <laughs> okay. I actually, that's fine. That's fine. I'm an open book. Um, where, just finally, if people want to learn more about you, where do mm. they go? Oh my goodness! Well, I, I, I mean, I'm on Twitter at mm-hmm. Bellamy Young, and uh, also Instagram the same, and Facebook, and they can get my album "Far Away So Close" because my whole heart is in there. Um, and you know, we've got a website, just all the normal places. BellamyYoung.com. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Appreciate Thanks it so much, Dan. Absolute Thanks for pleasure. what you do. You've put a, you've found a beautiful way to inspire people to go on their own journey. So thanks for that. Now I gotta watch Scandal. <laughs> okay, there's another edition of the Ten Percent Happier Podcast. If you liked it, please make sure to uh, subscribe, rate us, and uh, if you want to suggest topics we should cover or guests uh, we should bring in, hit me up on Twitter at Dan B Harris. I also want to thank heartily the people who produce this podcast and really do pretty much all the work lauren efron josh cohan sarah amos andrew kalb steve jones and the head of abc news digital dan silver uh, i'll talk to you next wednesday if you like 10 percent happier and i hope you do uh, you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus in the wondery app or on apple podcasts prime members can listen ad free on amazon music Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com slash survey. Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, you're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer lands. There's no crime in Pura. No murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us. In Pura, we promise to keep you safe. They killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. Here, in Pura. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. 
Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now, ad-free, on Wondery Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS's weird Lord of the Flies-style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. Hi, I'm Misha Brown, and I'm the host of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop. Each episode, comedians join me to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently on The Big Flop, we looked at the reality TV show, The Swan. The problem, this dream opportunity quickly became a viewing nightmare. They were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts.